Hello. Welcome to Footnotes from a Madman. I am your host, Robert Wallace. Uh, this is episode 66. 66, see? Uh, 66. And the date is 1-4-2023. I hope you all had a good Christmas and a happy new year. Um, I think I recorded just a little bit before Christmas last. Anyways, we played our... Um, our normal like minute to win it games and uh, we had a good time the boys had one of their friends over so we were able to play a couple of team games and uh so it worked out well um we had a good time we stayed up until probably about two in the morning and uh then we Slept in a little bit, Christmas Day. Uh, we got up around 10, started cooking breakfast, had early beers, and uh, oh, we made mimosas. That's right. I mean, we had beers too, but we had mimosas. Orange juice and champagne. Um, and 10 o'clock, yeah, we popped on the Packer game and watched that. And then we had a fantastic breakfast. We made breakfast burritos. Um, eggs, bacon, potatoes, salsa, uh, uh, beans, refried beans, rice. Uh, I think that was everything that you could throw in there. We might have had some lettuce. I don't remember. Tomatoes. Anyway, um so we did that for our brunch, breakfast, lunch, <clears throat> and then around 12 or maybe even 1 o'clock, we started opening our gifts. Um, we went a little bit overboard this year. We don't, we don't normally, but this year we got crazy. I don't know why. So um, I got some great things, you know, I'm very excited about the things that I got. And uh, I did get a um, a cocktail shaker set where you get all the little tools, all the pieces, all the things that you need to uh, make good cocktails. I don't know what they're all for. There's this strainer, the Hamilton strainer. I can't remember. But basically it's a strainer. I don't know what it's for. I got to do some reading for sometimes it just seems like it's a silly strainer that isn't really needed. It's kind of funny. Um, but eh, maybe it's super important. So anyways, uh, I'll be um, experimenting with that a little bit, making myself some cocktails. Yes, indeed. So and then both my wife and I. Uh, worked um, on the 31st and the 1st, and so we were in bed by shit, 10 o'clock probably. So I think I told you before, <clears throat> when my wife was in Nashville back in October, she went for my niece's birthday, and 
just before they came home, or just before she came home, they stopped off on the strip there where all the honky-tonks, all the bars are. And Jason Aldean's bar was closed down for a special event. Um, so they kind of were asking around, wondering what was going on. And then they found out that they were going to have a kind of a small concert there. Um, that they just go online and get tickets, blah, blah, blah. So they went ahead and did it, did the whole thing. And then once they were confirmed and they were, were told that it was, uh, it was a pre-recording for New Year's Eve. And so they had to get ready, you know, in their best New Year's Eve attire, which my wife didn't have on her because she <laughs> was living out of a suitcase for the last three days. Um, but she grabbed what she had and then they went and it was Jason Aldean and Darius Rucker and they each played a, a couple of songs um, and I guess they each song they sang two or three times and then they got all these different camera angles and then they had the crowd you know cheering um, separately so they had everybody you know even though there was no music playing or they had music in the background but it wasn't the actual singers anymore they were you know bebopping their heads and what have you and singing along to the song even though they weren't playing anymore so they they could get all these different ca camera angles um, and so it was very interesting on New Year's Eve to be sitting here at home and then to see my wife on TV <laughs> during this concert. It was kind of funny. You're like, oh, you're in, you're in Nashville right now? Wow, that's weird. So we were recording it. Um, and it was interesting because the hosts... The two hostesses, I guess, the two women that were hosting, um, uh, we believe that they recorded a bunch of stuff ahead of time. And, um, you know, they had particular outfits on, and so they probably had to wear those several days or even a week in a row while they were doing all these recordings, you know, for all the singers. I ignorantly I always thought that these singers that they had on there were hanging out in the bar having a good time on a New Year's Eve hanging out with the patrons and just doing shit you know not realizing that they're probably sitting at home um you know doing nothing while this is being shown they're probably not you know, they're, I had no idea they were not there singing. Um, so this was the first time I realized that, man, they record all this shit ahead of time. It was kind of um, a little bit of a letdown, but that's okay. I mean, they got to do what they got to do. Um, but it was interesting. It was very interesting. My wife uh, got to experience that and... You know, we recorded it, so we have her have her on there. So that was kind of fun. Um, but yeah, we were in bed. Our neighbor, you know, he's younger. He 
did some fireworks and firecrackers and shit at midnight and uh so it woke us up but we fell back to sleep pretty pretty quick after he was done um so that was our christmas and new year's uh like i said for christmas we had a great time it was wonderful new year's wasn't bad it wasn't terrible we just didn't get to party it up at all you know um but at the same time we're getting older <laughs> i'm not even sure we would have stayed up even if we didn't have to work so that's all right um one of the things i wanted to talk about was this um this nfl incident that happened on monday night with um demar Hamlin. Demar Hamlin is a safety for the Buffalo Bills. And um, about two-thirds of the way through the first quarter, he makes a tackle on one of the Cincinnati Bengals players. And after the tackle, he gets up briefly but then he basically just collapses onto the ground. Um, and quite honestly, the tackle doesn't look terrible. Um, but apparently, he got hit in the chest hard enough to where it caused some kind of problem. Now, I don't know if he had a cardiac problem ahead of time and didn't know. Maybe he knew. I don't know. Um, I'm not sure that he would have passed uh, the team physicals if they knew he had a cardiac issue. Um, but it was uh, startling that he went into cardiac arrest and they had to do CPR right there on the field. And... Some reports said they came out and did it, the AED, and other ones said he was defibrillated. Either way, his heart was in arrhythmia and needed to be reset. And so, um, and then there, and then they said that you know they loaded him into the ambulance and took him to the nearest trauma center. And they said that um, when he got there, he coded again. Uh, pretty scary, pretty scary stuff, especially when the tackle doesn't look like it's in, like it's abnormal, like any other tackle. You know, um, I guess he just got hit in the chest just right. It's kind of crazy. Um, they said that he's doing a little bit better now. Um, I'm going to bring up a couple of things here that are very interesting. Um, let's see. So there's this thing that, uh, uh I don't know if I'm going to find it. Um, there's this thing called cor I'm not going to find it. I should have had it sitting here waiting for me. Um, I'm going to come back to that. So 
there was a couple things. He could have my uh, myocarditis. That happens with um, athletes sometimes, um, or uh, I forget what the other one is. But so I mean, he 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 could have had um, something going on ahead of time. Everybody's saying it was a hard collision and so on and so forth. And I, you know, I don't know that it was. It just didn't look that bad. So then there's this whole thing, um, you know, what is what is the NFL going to do? How are they going to work around, um, how are they going to work around this whole thing? Um, you know, are the, are the Buffalo Bills going to be able to um, play after witnessing this from their teammate on the field, you know? They started to, uh, they had a walkthrough practice today, I guess. Um, but every time, you know, the NFL's getting asked, you know, how are you going to do this? And they're just saying, well, we're going to let the Bills tell us um, basically how they're doing and if we're going to be able to do this or not. So um, that's kind of nice. That's kind of nice that they're, uh, kind of leaving it up to the team as to whether they can actually do it or not. Um, I did find it interesting that the NFL made a very, very cover-your-ass um, kind of statement when they said basically, um, you know, that he received immediate attention on the field, both from, um, you know, the team trainers and independent healthcare uh, providers. And I was like, hmm, I don't know if that happened or not, you know. Um, it did, it initially, I was watching the game, it initially did not appear that there was anything different than when any other um, player gets injured. You know, you hurt your knee and you're laying on the ground and um, and then the guys, you know, kind of jog out there and figure out what's going on and what have you. And, and to me, that seemed like it was what happened. Now, I'm not saying that they were slow either. They weren't like walking out there or blah, blah, blah. Um, but it's just funny how the NFL is really trying to make sure that they cover their ass. Um, you know, they don't want to uh, make it look like they didn't do what they should have done. Um, so now we have the playoffs um, looming. And these teams were uh, number two and number three. Um, the Bills were only a half, game, a half game back from the Chiefs. And so um, now they're trying to determine what exactly they want to do with this whole thing. Um, you know, they have to try to figure out... Um, 
they have to try to figure out what they want to do. Do they want to try to play the game, but they have to try to make it so nobody has a competitive edge. Um, and so if they play midweek and then, um, you know, they have to play on Sunday and then they'd have to play on a Wednesday and then they'd have to play the next week in the playoffs on a Sunday again. Um, you know, that's uh, gives that's a very unfair advantage to to the playoff team who's waiting for them that next weekend because they have, a, you know, three games in seven days. It's like that's that's not going to be um, the best way to go. Um, and so they're trying to figure out, I guess, the commissioner can just claim that it's, you know, whoever was ahead at the time um, can, he can claim that they're the winner. <clears throat> I don't think that that's what's going to happen because the score was 7-3 to three and they were only in the first quarter. And so I think to believe that that was going to be the end score or you know that was the end of the whole thing i'm not sure that that's the best way to look at it so i don't think they're going to do that um if they claim that that it's a tie then that pulls the buffalo bills um away from being in first place you know i think that they should just wait and see what happens with the chiefs this next weekend if the chiefs win this next weekend, then it wouldn't matter what the Bills were going to do or not do because, um, you know, they would not pass the Chiefs. And so it was it wouldn't matter what the score was, whether they won or lost. And so it might be something that um, me, I would wait. I would wait and see what happens because then – you don't have to make any decision. You can just say, eh, it's a no contest. We're done. Um, and they can just m move on. They've done that before. Um, but uh, so as it stands, the 12-3 and three Bills are a half game be behind the 13-3 and three Kansas City Chiefs for the AFC's number one seed. The Bills own a tiebreaker over the Chiefs by virtue of Buffalo's win at Kansas City in October. There may be a lack of equity where it may not be perfect. Vincent, who is the NFL's executive vice president of football operations, um, so he says we may end up having to make an unpopular decision. Um, and... Uh, it may not be perfect, but it'll allow those who are participating who have earned the right to play to continue to play. So, um, I don't know. They're also saying they could just call it a no decision, which I don't know what that means. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, the week 18 games will go on as scheduled. Um, and there's no decision um, about the Bills and the Bengals game, and there's no decision as to whether they're going to basically make the Bills play 
New England this weekend. So, um, you know, it's it's going to be hard. After speaking with both teams and NFL PA leadership, NFL commissioner informed the clubs today that the Bills and Bengals game will not be resumed this week. Uh, the NFL has made no decision regarding the possible resumption of the game at a later date. The league has not made any changes to the Week 18 regular season schedule. Um, <clears throat> so the Bills are supposed to play host to the New England Patriots, and the Bengals are going to be playing the Ravens. Um, so they could have Buffalo and Cincinnati play next weekend and start the playoffs a week late. Under that scenario, the NFL could still play its title game on time if it eliminates the traditional week off before the Super Bowl, or the league could opt against that logistical nightmare by simply limiting the Bills and Bengals season to 16 games each, while the 30 other teams play 17. That option, keeping the Bills and Bengals at 16, or formally declaring Monday night's game a tie may be the most likely outcome. Seems to be a way out. The schedule just doesn't work. We're already on Tuesday. Now we're past that. But um, So I have a feeling um, that it's not going to be fair to the Bills. They're basically, or the Bengals, for the most part, because they were both... They're two and three. Chiefs are are one. Bills are two. Bengals are three. If they call it a tie, neither one moves at all, and they're just stuck in their position. Whereas if one of them would have won, one of them could have moved up and challenged the Chiefs for the number one spot. Um, so it, it's... it's um, not going to be fair to somebody, whatever they come up with. And to have them play later, you know, when these teams are supposed to be on their off week before the playoffs start or the number one seed, um, you know, gets a, a break for a week. Other teams may get a break for a week as well because now you have this one this one team that has to play to figure out how things are going to play out. And so more, you know, you lose the advantage, um, the being first place does, is not meaningful anymore. So they're trying to work around that and trying to figure out, uh, what exactly they can do. Um, so I'm going to take a break here for just a second. I got to find this stupid thing. I don't know where it went. I've been just pounding through so many websites trying to get information that I have um, lost my way for a moment. So we'll we'll resume in just a minute. Okay, welcome back. So <clears throat> I had to try to think of what the name was off the top of my head, and I... Almost had it right. It's Commodio Cordis. C-O-M-M-O-T-I-O. Could be Commotio, but I doubt it. It's Commodio. There's so many medical words that you're not really unsure unless you've said them a lot. 
exactly um, how to say them. But anyways, it's uh, it's basically a sudden cardiac arrest from a blunt, non-penetrating blow to the chest. Um, the basis of the cardiac arrest is ventricular fibrillation or a chaotic abnormal heart rhythm triggered by chest wall impact immediately over the anatomic position of the heart, which would totally make sense. That's how um, this guy, uh, DeMar Hamill, he took the shot right to the left side of his chest. And so it kind of makes sense. Um, It's often a lethal disruption of heart rhythm that occurs as a result of a blow to the area directly over the heart at a critical time during the cycle of a heartbeat, producing what is termed an ROT phenomenon that leads to the condition. So what happens is that um, your heart is beating and there you know your your heart is constantly giving the uh electrical signal and after the heart pumps then it has to do this repolarization or basically this um powering back up so that it can fire again and then it powers back up and it fires again now this happens obviously very quickly cuz you can tell how quickly your heart is beating so you know, there is a point where as the heart is powering back up or re-energizing that you get this impact on your chest at the exact moment just before it, it fires again. And so it causes the heart to fire, but it's premature. And so now this signal is out of timing. And so then it fucks up everything. And then your heart all of a sudden doesn't know what to do. And then it just starts doing this fluttering thing. And it starts sending all these signals firing off all these, you know, whatever going on throughout your whole um, heart. And um, and that's what ends up causing the heart to stop beating. And um you don't necessarily have to die or you don't necessarily die from it. It it says here it's usually fatal. Um, But I think that he got treated so quickly uh, that um, obviously it's not going to lead to death. He may suffer a little bit of some brain. I don't, I don't want to call it damage, but when you have low flow, of blood and oxygen to your brain, it it affects you. Um, And the longer that he has to be in the ICU on a ventilator, um, that's going to, you know, his muscles are going to start degrading and um, atrophy and all these things. So, um, you know, it's going to take him some time to get back on that field if he does, if he decides to. Um, He'll be able to play again if he wants, I'm pretty sure, unless there ended up being some kind of long-term damage as a result of this. But overall, 
if this is what actually happened, um, then um, if this is actually what happened, then, you know, he doesn't have a cardiac defect and, um, you know, he'll, he'll be okay. Um, it occurs in, in, when a person is hit in the chest, that impact triggers a dramatic change in the rhythm of the heart. The blow could come from an object of baseball, blah, blah, blah. However, it is often fatal. It's an uncommon injury. Most commonly affects male teen athletes. Without immediate treatment, this condition can cause unexpected cardiac death. Immediate first aid treatment with CPR and defibrillation may be able to restore the heart's uh, rhythm and save a life. So... um, after being hit in the chest, a person may stumble forward and lose consciousness. That's kind of um, kind of what happened where he tackled and then he stood up and then he just went unconscious. Boom. Um, you may not be able to detect a pulse following the injury. Um, they may stop breathing. May um, cause the heart to stop pumping blood effectively. This leads to decreased perfusion to the extremities and the organs, such as the lung and the brain. So, depending on how long this blood flow is decreased, this perfusion, he could have, um, you know, organ injuries, um, organs being the heart, the lungs, the liver, the kidneys, the um, brain, all of these things are considered vital organs. Um, so just getting hit in the chest isn't enough to cause the commodio cordis. The blow must take place at a precise moment during a heartbeat and strike an area near the center of the heart's left ventricle. Um This blow can trigger ventricular tachycardia, which refers to an abnormally fast beat of the heart in the lower chambers. Um, And so then everything just kind of gets off whack. Um, And then your heart just starts firing, and then you go into um, atrial fibrillation. So it sounds like... um, it sounds like this is probably what happened to him. Uh, I'm speculating. So a person with commodio cordis who survives should be hospitalized and observed for a few days, depending on their recovery and overall health. Antiarrhythmic medi- medications may be administered to help keep the heart in a steady, healthy rhythm. If the heart is beating normally and there are no other health problems, the person may be released and allowed to resume normal activities. Follow-up appointments with a cardiologist cardiologist may be recommended. So complications um, may, however, need an electrocardiogram to check their heart for any rhythm disturbances. So this might be an ongoing arrhythmia thing. As I said, it's rare. I mean, it's rare to, for you to get it, and then it's rare to have problems afterwards. Um, people with continued arrhythmias may be advised against contact sports. So, um, you know, if he continues to have issues after this, uh, 
you know, he may not come back. And depending on how much organ shutdown and organ issues um, that he has, it may take him quite some time to get out of the hospital and get out of rehab. So, um, so that's, I, I think that's what happened. Um, just reading more and more, uh, about this, it would appear that that's what happened. And, uh, I mean, in some ways it could be comforting to know that, it's super rare and um and that you know it's not going to happen just to anybody um you can get hit in the chest a, a hundred times and not get the exact moment and not get the exact area to where you won't have this issue uh so it's it just was this freak exact perfect moment in time in the exact perfect spot um, and I think they'd, I read somewhere where the Minnesota coroner, a coroner in Minnesota, um, said that he saw this like 200 times over like a 15 year period. Um, and so I don't know what that translates to as far as how many autopsies he did and, they said that really the only way that you can determine if this was actually what happened is with an autopsy. Um, so I don't know if it bruises the heart. I don't know how you would tell. Um, I'm sure that they have, you know, how would you know somebody had a heart attack? you got to be able to, to see these things through an autopsy, but I don't know how. Um, so anyways, it sounds like it's pretty rare. It sounds like the player's... While concerned about their teammate, they can know that there wasn't some weird thing that they all need to be extra careful about. I mean, it kind of is, but it's not. Um, you know, he didn't have some kind of condition that, um, you know, that he has to worry about. And uh, so they can go out and play feeling a little bit better about that now you know whether they can get past the whole thing of what they saw you know sometimes that PTSD that trauma it could be tough to get back out on that field again but um so we'll we'll see what happens with that we'll see how they feel uh, we'll see what the NFL um, comes up with as far as their game plan um to see how they're gonna how they're going to take care of this. Um, the It was funny that Skip Bayless, he put out a tweet. You have very few characters in a tweet, and it's hard to take a whole entire um, difficult concept and put it into 160 characters. I think Skip Bayless is an asshole. I don't like the guy. I hate him. Don't watch the show. I think he's a fucking asshole. But he sends out a tweet that basically says, I'm going to paraphrase. The NFL is a huge-ass business. It's a machine. It keeps moving forward and keeps moving forward. And how exactly are they going to deal with this cancellation game with games coming up this next weekend, blah, blah, blah. And then he said, and... 
how is it even relevant based on what's going on right now? So basically, uh, he's just saying it's this huge machine, you know, whatever, but how could it be even relevant right now? How could it be even important right now? Everybody misunderstood his tweet. Everybody. Well, I shouldn't say everybody. There are a lot of people defending him, but there are so many people that just can't conceptualize what somebody actually means when what they're you know writing they they're so surface they're surface readers they can't actually decipher that he's got a bigger meaning behind the whole thing should he have tweeted that basically made it sound like the nfl's um um playoff thing was more important than this player because of how he wrote it but it's so surface level we read a little bit you know, understand a little bit before you get all fucking offended and butthurt over this bullshit. Um, so I, I hate defending Skip Bayless. I think he's a fucking asshole. But uh, in this particular case, people just went off the deep end for no reason. Um, you know, and they're just losing their shit. And it's amazingly stupid. So I don't know. Read his tweet. See what you think of it. But... That's the way that I read it. I just read him just saying, how is this huge conglomeration going to deal with this? And why should we care right now? <laughs> and, but of course, at the same time, you think, why did you have to say that? You didn't have to say that. It was unimportant to say that. I don't know why he felt the need to say that. But was it offensive? Was it terrible? No. But it didn't need to be said right now. It could wait. It could have waited. It could have waited two days. It could have waited three days. Like, okay, now that we know this kid's okay, how is the NFL going to deal with this? And is it really important to us still how they deal with it, knowing that this kid's got this major injury? I mean, he just, uh, it was too soon. What he said was too soon. It threw people off. They all got to stick up their ass. Now they want him fired. And it's like what he said was not offensive. It was ill-timed. It was ill-timed. If he would have waited another day or two, everybody had been like, yeah, how is this going to happen? But when he said it at the time, everybody's like, you don't even fucking care. All you care about is this, that. But, you know, it's like you're so insensitive. It's like it wasn't. It wasn't that. that's not what he said. So, um. Anyways, I think that's going to be it for this week. Um, I was going to go all total, you know, crime, whatever, and talk about the Idaho murders. But um, I really would like there to be more information to talk about. So I think I'm going to let that go for another week or two before I pull that one out of my hat. I want to do more, more reading about it. I want to wait until this clown gets um, back to Idaho so that they can actually then release the information that they have, that they found, because that's what they're waiting for. They're waiting for this extradition. I don't know why they have to wait for his extradition, but they do to release some of this information that they have that led them to him. So um, I'm going to wait and see... Uh, wait and see what more information they have before I I talk about him. So 
Um, anyways, thank you for joining me. Uh, again, I hope you all had a good Christmas and a happy new year. And I will talk to you again soon. Take care.